Sensational. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your mileage may vary. And the home of the Welcome to episode 59 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And uh, mercifully, I am once again joined by the long lost, (laughs) long awaited, much needed James. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. And I disagree wholeheartedly. Actually, quite frankly, I think you do a great job on your own, and I think I'm holding you back more than anything else. Hardly. So you you have returned from your assignment where you were yes. out west scouting for the yes. for, for the draft. <laughs> That's and, right. And uh, so, you know, how was your trip, James? It was fantastic. Thank you very much. So everything went well, and uh, but I, I missed you. I missed uh, I missed my man. So I'm glad to be back. We missed you as well, James. Uh, I I'm sure I speak on behalf of the listeners when I say we missed you as well. I'm glad, but uh, not deserved because I really thought you did an excellent job with the scrimmage. It was fantastic. I, I really appreciated the research you put into it and the time, and it was really entertaining. And thank you because I wasn't able to watch or listen to anything over on the West Coast with Wi-Fi problems and things like that and, and cell phone issues. So thank you for that. And uh, it was a really fantastic job you did. So uh, it was entertaining and I thought it was funny. And I really loved the highlight was when you passed it to yourself and did a complete 100% full report on the entire tournament. And congratulations to the ladies too. But really great job there, American Rhino. Thank oh, you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I had to sequester myself in a conference room at work for that, <laughs> uh, that future report. And it, 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 it sound, I don't know what, it was weird. Like when I listened to it back, it, for some reason, it sounded like I had a lisp when I was talking in that future report as you detailed it. But honestly, I, I was just talking the way I always talk. And I guess it was just maybe the way the, the microphone was picking me up or maybe the way it was echoing off the conference room. Cause one of the walls is glass. I really have no idea, but it just, Anyway, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. Enough shop talk. <laughs> I'm glad you you enjoyed it, and uh, I hope you, the listener, enjoyed it. And if you haven't been keeping up, uh, if you weren't able to watch that gold medal game that the U.S. women played, or even if you were and just haven't been closely following the tournament, I just before we get started proper in the podcast, I just want to catch everybody up in how the tournament ended up. So the men's side, as you know if you listen to the scrimmage or are following us on Facebook, you know that the men lost a uh, disappointing quarterfinal game to Greece. Their their first round matchup against Greece, they lost in overtime. And so that uh, knocked them out of any kind of medal contention. So all of our hopes and dreams rested with the women. And, you know, they put on a great show. They really, they were up to the task. They really uh, were worthy of those hopes and dreams being placed upon them. And so 
before I forget, before I go into the women, so uh, phrasing, Mac, before I get to the women, I want to just, uh, so the men's side for, for the men's team, Slovakia won for the second year in a row. So they wound up being the gold medal winners for this tournament in Pardubica. I'm going to call it Pardubica. <laughs> okay. I know on the scrimmage I called it Pardubice, but uh, or Pardubice, but um, we're going with Pardubica this week. Listen, if you haven't listened to the scrimmage, please do. Just listen to that portion where Gary explains how you pronounce that city. I'm not even going to try to. It's it's worth. If you had to pay for this service, it would be worth every penny of it just for that. Yeah, so. all right. <laughs> so the women, however, the U.S. women played the Czech Republic, the home hosting Czech Republic in the gold medal game. And what a game it was. I had mentioned that the first time they played them, they lost 3 nothing, and the Czech Republic team was very aggressive and wound up injuring one of the U.S. players. Fortunately, I don't know if that spooked them or if someone from the tournament went to them and said, listen, you know, you can't be playing like this. You have to tone it down or what. But fortunately, they seemed a lot less physical and a lot less um, overly aggressive in the gold medal game. And it wound up being a very close game. The, the U.S. and the Czechs went back and forth. The U.S., a couple of times, the U.S. had to come from behind. They tied it up late in the third period to force an overtime. It was very, very exciting. And then, uh, it, unfortunately, in the first minute of overtime, 55 seconds in, the Czechs scored to win the game on a really fluky, terrible goal. Like, you don't want to lose... Oh, you don't want to lose a tournament anyway, but you really, this isn't the kind of goal. And honestly, you probably don't want to win a tournament with this kind of goal either. Basically what happened is that there was, um, the play was in the U.S. zone and on the far side of one of the circles, one of the Czech players had the puck and she was being played very tightly. She was being defended very tightly. In fact, she had her back to the net. And she kind of did a turnaround backhand towards the net at a pretty bad angle. And what happened was she hit the post. But unfortunately, the puck ricocheted off the post and hit the U.S. goalie in the back. Oh. And, and as the U.S. goalie was turning around to <sighs> try and locate the puck, it got knocked into the net. Oh. That stinks. Yeah, it's a it's a heck of a way to lose a tournament, yeah, especially that, one that that was that good. Because really, most if not all of the games that the U.S. women played were really good games. Yeah, I mean, before we get into the starting lineup too, so forgive us for this, but that was fantastic, especially playing against the host city. That's mm -hmm. you're you're going you're fighting an uphill battle automatically. So mm -hmm. just to play in, in the gold round game like that and to, to play as hard as they did. So way to go, ladies. Congratulations. We're proud of you. And, and as Gary mentioned, too, that's the uh, best performance that they've ever finished, right, in the tournament ever? That's correct. So 2007, I believe, was the first year that the women were invited to join the tournament. Not just the U.S. women, any, any women. That, that's the first year that they added a women's division to the World Ball Hockey Championship. And every single year, they play this tournament every other year, 
every single time that this tournament has been played, the U.S. team has finished fourth prior to this year. So this year, finishing second was a real coup for that team. And uh, you know what? Maybe in two years, that gold medal will be theirs. Hopefully so. And and yeah, and, and again, if you haven't listened to it yet, please check out the scrimmage. Gary did a fantastic job all by himself. And I thought he's much better without having the albatross of me around his neck. So listen to it. It's very entertaining. It's what, about 20 minutes? And it fills you in on every detail in a very entertaining way, very quick way, and makes you feel like you were watching every game. So really great job. And definitely check out that scrimmage. And thank you, Gary, for putting it up for us. You pay me far too many compliments, James. And uh, I appreciate it. But let's move on. Um, So... (laughs) Since I do have the luxury of having you back, I think I will take advantage of that and begin the show properly with the starting lineup, as you just alluded to. So for tonight's starting lineup, in goal as ever, I am number 35 on Flag Day as we record your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey. And of course, my long-awaited co-host. Very well done, sir. Yeah, on defense, number four, I'm James Sejazi. Yes, sir. And James... If you're not too jet lagged, would you be so kind as to tell us all what is on deck for this podcast? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Dark night. As the American Rhino said in our last scrimmage, I was out on assignment. It was actually a tour of the Grand Bryce and Snow Canyons of our beautiful country, but with a brief visit to Las Vegas. Yes, my timing is the worst, just missing the NHL expansion draft. However, was really disappointed by the lack of a Golden Knights presence so far in Sin City. Gear bag. It's been a while since we dipped into our gear bag, but it was worth the wait for you goalies out there. The American Rhino will tell us all about his evaluation of his new catching glove. And Mr. Roboto, meet Mr. Thunderbot. We're still a very long way from Dr. Noonien Sung creating lore and Lieutenant Commander Data, but the Tampa Bay Lightning have partnered with a company called Satisfy Labs and installed a virtual assistant for fans in their home arena. Sure hope Satisfy Labs didn't teach Thunderbot to sing the song Daisy Bell. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. That's, uh, I, I also hope that the, this Thunderbot doesn't wind up becoming lore. Yeah, right. Good point. Because <laughs> lore was actually created first for all you Star Trek nerds. Yes. So uh, lore was, well, I was going to say lore was the prototype, but then Star Trek 10 uh what was that called nemesis i don't oh that yeah that doesn't exist in my wound up uh kind of retconning that even but uh uh, this (laughs) this isn't the hit the track podcast (laughs) i like that that sounds good well we could perhaps we can consider expanding sometime in the future but uh for now (laughs) indeed (laughs) indeed sir but uh yeah why don't we jump into it we've already wasted uh that can't be right. No, that's not right. We haven't wasted half an hour. That was from me testing before. But we've I, we've we've wasted a good ten minutes as it is. Yes, I have about twelve. So okay, yeah, exactly. all right, great. So we've <laughs> wasted twelve minutes. So you deserve a podcast, right? So why don't we actually deliver that podcast for your listening enjoyment? Yeah. Uh, so um, at at the recording of this podcast, as Gary mentioned, it is Flag Day. So salute to you and and everybody out there and all of our military for all you do for that beautiful flag of ours. But 
going over in Las Vegas and with the NHL expansion draft again at the recording of this podcast being a week away, was kind of disappointed with the lack of Golden Knights, you know, merchandise and, and any kind of billboards or something like that or commercials. Granted, I didn't watch a lot of TV out there and wasn't in Las Vegas for a long time at all, maybe, you know, a few hours, give or take. But the T-Mobile Arena is right there on the strip where all of most of the um, the casinos are and things like that. And then there's a separate downtown. But the good thing about that is it's right there. So people can't have any excuses. Oh, I, I didn't want to go. It was a few miles away. So that's good to see. But in terms of the jerseys, I really wanted to see what the jerseys are going to look like. So originally they said that they were going to unveil the jerseys in June before the draft. So both things seem to coincide when I was over there in Las Vegas. But sure. uh yeah, but technically it's still before the draft and still no unveiling of the jersey yet. So we're in the month of June and really want to see that. But other than that, uh, in, in the airport, McCarran Airport, there were some places where you can buy merchandise and things like that and sports bars and things. And uh, they had shirts and stuff. And then in the malls around some of the places in, in Vegas, there were shirts and, and sweatshirts and caps and stuff but did you get any it. sorry did you get anything while you were there no i didn't i, I didn't I, we did, I didn't gamble either so uh <laughs> didn't give any money back <laughs> but um no i didn't pick anything up i, I want to stay true to uh the new york rangers and, and i was afraid to face you if i had any other nhl team stuff representing so <laughs> i don't want to tick off the american rhino they haven't even played their first game yet at this point it's still a novelty i'm okay with it Okay, thank you, but still, just out of fear and and uh, and loyalty, did not buy anything. No, you know what it could be with the the fact the jerseys aren't out yet, and I'm just spitballing here. But the Stanley Cup Finals just ended. I'm not sure who won. Uh, I, I I I I didn't um, bother to check that out. I'm I, I'm sure it wasn't important, uh, but. Basically, so the the Stanley Cup Finals just ended. There could have been some kind of moratorium on making the jersey announcement before the playoffs were over because they didn't want to take the spotlight away from the finals. So now that the cup has been awarded to whichever team won, that now with the draft coming up might be the time that we start to see that unveiling and that that big announcement of the jerseys. That makes sense and fair enough. So if that's the reasoning, then so be it. But again, I have the worst timing in the world. So don't I'll, I'll take full responsibility for that. But that makes great sense and just makes you want to see that jersey a bit more now. So. Mm -hmm. so you mentioned that the arena is right on the strip. Yes, sir. It's uh, of all places right by the New York, New York Hotel. <laughs> and um, I didn't have an opportunity to walk around there so much because it was, uh, I don't know, 106 degrees in the heat and the sun. But we were on a tour bus going off to see the Grand Canyon and other great places of the American West. Gorgeous country that we live in. And mm. you really should take advantage of it. I think it should be mandatory for hopefully if you can afford it and you can have the time to do it. Definitely check out those beautiful canyons or, or uh, all four corners of this beautiful country, mm -hmm. Alaska and Hawaii included. Hawaii is definitely a place I want to go to. Uh, that's on my bucket list. But um, so we we drove out on the highway and we passed by the T-Mobile Arena, and there it was. It was just tucked behind the New York New York Hotel, and it was wasn't far from the Luxor. From our point of view, everything looked like everything was on top of one another. Mm -hmm. But you know, God bless the monorail and the air conditioning in mm. in Las Vegas. So you could probably walk 
pretty closely to where the arena is, or, or at least take the monorail there or take a quick cab ride there. So it's it's right there is the point on the strip itself. Mm-hmm. It's not like, like the Mets have an affiliate, AAA team affiliate out there and, and the University UNLV is out there in the uh, raceway where they, they do NASCAR races and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're outside of the strip proper because it's deceivingly huge. Las Vegas. Uh, it looks like, okay, the, that hotel is right there. This hotel is over here and you could just walk over there. But no, it, it takes you a while to get to each place and so on and so forth. But that, I was happy to see that the arena was right in the middle of everything. So people can get tickets if you're lucky enough to get a ticket to go to a game there. And uh, yeah, when the Rangers go out there, I definitely want to go out for the road trip to see the Rangers play the Golden Knights and have some fun in, in Las Vegas at the same time. Well, if, if it's next to the New York, New York Hotel, then I take it back. They are rivals, and you uh, you know, it's good that you didn't get anything. Right. <laughs> so there you go. I don't know, James. I've played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and it didn't seem that big, Vegas. So I, I think you're mistaken on that point. I, uh, apologies. <laughs> no, I'm it's, sorry. It's, 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 <laughs> I remember flying an Apache helicopter over the Strip, and it wasn't that big. I don't get well, yeah, well, like, uh, you know, New York, New York isn't to scale. Like, uh, they have a Statue of Liberty right, and okay. um, a, a fake skyline and stuff. But it's, yeah, the, the real Empire State Building is much bigger, as well as Lady Liberty. And I, I think they had, uh, looks like Ellis Island and stuff. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but nothing beats the real deal. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, the reason I brought up the arena was, do they have any big advertising on the arena? Like, is it? Uh, you know, they have big Golden Knights, uh, I was going to say posters, but I guess at that level, it's, it's you know, considerably larger banners or like full wall building sized advertisements or anything like that. Did the arena have anything like that advertising the Golden Knights? Well, yeah, great point. As a matter of fact, if you're familiar with the Barclay Center and Gary and I are, the T-Mobile Arena looks much like the Barclays Center, so I'm sure the same people designed it. But again, I just saw the, the side of it from the highway, so at that vantage point, they didn't have anything on the sides of the arena. It just looks like you know, like that rusty-looking mm-hmm. something or other yeah, exterior. Okay. And then in the front, they have a lot of glass, and it, again, it's very, very similar to the Barclays Center. So if you go to the Golden Knights website, you could check out and see what I'm talking about. But on the front of it, they have, yeah, all information on season tickets and, uh, and, the, and the draft and, and stuff. And there's a countdown on the website. But in terms of billboards and advertising, and again, I didn't watch any TV, so I don't know if there was any commercials and stuff, but nothing. If you weren't looking for it, you weren't going to find it. And if you didn't know about it, you weren't going to find out about it. So I don't know if they're just waiting to do everything, like you said, after the Stanley Cup and with, with the expansion draft coming up now. So we'll see. But uh, the, again, I have the worst timing in the world. So while I was there for a couple <laughs> of hours, there wasn't uh, what I was expecting to see in terms of Golden Knights information. You know, Vegas is such a tourist town, especially the Strip, I would imagine, that they probably, with there being nothing to see yet, honestly, with with all the distractions there and and the whole thing is like neon and flashing lights right so they probably figure it's already attention deficit theater so they probably figure with all the noise then just an advertisement for something that's not going to be playing you know not going to be available to spend money on for another what 6 months almost at this point you know 4 to 6 months probably not worth it that's yeah. just my guess. 
no, I, again, I mean, you have an act for this stuff and I, you're probably a hundred percent right. Exactly. Cause anything that you see there, it's always now, now, now. So good point. Like, um, there's a billion things to do in Las Vegas and, uh, and by the way, if anybody's a recovering alcoholic or anything like that, the last place you want to go to is Las Vegas. So there's just like booze everywhere. Oh! So just keep that in mind as well. But yeah, that makes sense. So once the hockey season kicks in, I assume, and obviously every hockey fan knows that the Golden Knights are around. So uh, it's really close to L.A. It's only like a four hour straight trip from LA to Vegas and vice versa. And it's right in the coyotes. I don't think are that far off and stuff. So there is a presence, a hockey presence out there Mm -hmm. already baked in. So you're probably right. Yeah. For all the tourists and things like that, they're being bombarded with everything else to do. So maybe they didn't have to do too much in terms of marketing because they did a really good job. Apparently I think they sold out all of their uh, season tickets, right? For uh, 1400 or whatever it was that, that that, that went really quick. So that sounds right. Yeah, and I think the arena, if I remember correctly, it's only like 15,000, less than 20,000. I'm pretty sure of that. Mm. So uh, whatever the tickets will go for money-wise, I mean, as a hockey fan, and if your team is playing there, I'm sure you'll just spend the 50 to whatever, you know, $50 for a cheap seat if it's that and enjoy yourself for a few Mm -hmm. hours. Plus, you know, the air conditioning is so important in Las Vegas. So if you could go inside and in a nice, cool ice hockey arena – the more the merrier. I wonder if they're going to employ the same tactics in the arena that they do in the casinos, like heavily oxygenating the air to keep you awake and making it like difficult to navigate your way around so you can't really find the exits and you you have to stay there and and uh, serving you like free stuff to keep you probably not the free stuff, but uh, you know. Another great point. Yeah. Come to think of it, when when we first got there, one of the things I did was I got a map and I wanted to see where the T-Mobile arena was. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even listed on the freaking map. It was all the hotels and all the things to see and do and downtown and all that stuff. But the only way I was able to see the arena was on the highway driving on the bus. So, yeah, it, it's 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 a whole other world out there. Now, does anybody play there now? In the T-Mobile arena, is that I, I know nothing about Vegas really in terms of sports. So, does anyone play there, or was that arena built for the Knights, or um, some other third answer that's none of the above? Yeah, I, I think that they've done concerts there so far, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that it was basically the Knights' home first. Okay, and there was no basketball to worry about. I'm sure they can convert it to basketball, and I'm, I'm pretty I <laughs> to use the pun, I bet that uh, the NCAA tournament will probably play there and stuff mm-hmm. if the arena is big enough because they, they love money in the NCAA tournament. So, uh, uh, But I, as far as I know, I think it's the Golden Knights arena. It was built as a hockey arena first, and then all the other things that they do for arenas to keep them open all year, like concerts and other things and, and so on and so forth. So as far as I know, yeah, it's, it's the Golden Knights home. So I don't think anybody else is playing there. All right, James. Thank you. Good report. You're welcome, sir. Happy to do it. All right. So from there, I guess we'll move on to a boring segment that most people won't care about. Uh, gear bag is great, man. I mean, if you if you play deck hockey, this really helps. I hope it helps you out if, with good advice and what stuff to buy and to keep it going and keep money in your pocket at the same time. All right. So 
Just to give you a little background, as a goalie, especially a goalie who plays street hockey, I go through equipment, not frequently, but I've gone through several sets of gear over the, the, I guess, the four years, just about. I couldn't believe it was four years, but uh, apparently that's what it says on on my jersey and on on the shirt that I'm wearing now, that it was, our, our LIQ was founded in 2013, so it's been almost four years that we've been playing which is crazy to me. But uh, so in the four years that I've been playing, I've gone through several sets of, of gear, most of my gear. Let's see. Let me see if I can. Actually, yeah, I think everything that I have has been replaced at least once. Nope, not my cup. My cup has been <laughs> with me since the beginning. <laughs> the it's, most vital. Yeah. yeah, It's near and dear to my heart and other places. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everything else I think I have replaced at least once. My pants, the the hockey pants that I wear, I've actually, I started with something and then I went over to something else when the, like the rivets that hold up the suspenders or that the suspenders attach to, when those started to go, I, I moved to a different pair of pants. But honestly, I didn't like the feel of the other pants as much. They weren't as comfortable. So I just went back and fixed the, the uh, original pants. So I'm wearing those again. But uh, everything else is has been re- replaced at least once. Wow. And so that includes my glove and my blocker, which are going to be the subject of this gear bag. So prior to this, I, this is, I think, the third set of glove and blocker that I've had. But prior to this, I had a Tor glove and a Bauer blocker that I was using. And so... Both of these things I had replaced previously. And in terms of the glove, basically what happened, I don't remember the model of the Tor uh, glove that I have. or the, the I, I don't remember the model of any of this stuff, honestly. I'll have to look it up and I'll try and post it on our Facebook page in the coming days and maybe week. But for now, just know that I have a, a, I had a Tor glove that I really liked. I really like this this glove. It was very comfortable. It was easy to catch the deck hockey puck, the ball with. And uh, it was like an extension of my hand, which is important. Unfortunately, it got a lot of abuse playing on the concrete. So like the laces got torn up, the flaps started coming off. I found more and more frequently that my uh, that I would get like bloody knuckles when I during the course of play because the flap that covers my knuckles would flap open and I would wind up scraping the back of my hand on the ground. And, uh, the, the seams were popping open because the laces were breaking. And unfortunately it just, it, it was deteriorating very rapidly. I had gotten a new glove last year and this was a Bauer glove. So I, got the glove and I tried playing with it for a few weeks and there was a couple of, uh, no, actually the, yeah, there was a couple of issues with it. It was bigger, but it was also a lot stiffer. So the, the tour glove that I had was more like a, a, like a baseball mitt in terms of its flexibility, the way I could close it and really get a good grip on the ball with the new glove. It was more like a clamshell where I could only squeeze it and I couldn't get it to really, you know, close tightly around the, the puck the way that I had gotten used to. Yes, James, you have a question. Yes. Uh, so are they 
specifically street hockey gloves as opposed to ice hockey gloves? Yeah. This gear is specifically designed for street hockey. So that's how it's marketed, branded. That's It's cheaper than the, you know multi-hundred dollar gloves that you would, or even thousand dollar gloves that you would find for ice hockey on the upper end. So this is what it's meant for. But unfortunately, it's just, in my opinion, it wasn't that great for the purpose for which it was designed. Now, I tried a few things to break it in. I tried, they recommend uh, steaming it, like maybe bring it in the shower with you (laughs) to soften it up. They recommend like squeezing it hundreds of times just to try and get it. And I did a lot of that over the course of a few weeks, but unfortunately it just didn't seem to get broken in. So eventually I just tossed it in my bag as kind of my emergency backup. And I went back to my original tour glove that was still deteriorating, but at least I was comfortable with. And then like a, like I said, a year or so passed and, and it just kept getting worse the tour. So I went back to the Bauer. And now I'm using the Bauer again, and it's still not broken in properly, but right now it's mostly my only option for the most part. So I'm just kind of sticking with it in the hopes that eventually, you know, falling on it and beating it up enough will get it to be a little more flexible. Now, switching over to my other hand, my right hand, I had gotten a Tor blocker and the, uh, Unfortunately, this blocker ripped a lot. And in fact, I had already repaired it a couple of times. I already sewn up the tears that would form, but it got to a point where almost the whole thing around was torn. So I just I just tossed it aside and said, maybe I'll try and repair this someday. But in the meantime, I'm going to get another cheap Bauer blocker. And that's what I've used for the last however long year or so. So... Then I recently, I found this, I pulled this thing out again and I said, you know what? The tour blocker I'm talking about. I said, you know what? I'm going to try and repair this because that's partly because that's what we do here on Hit the Deck and partly because it's a larger blocker. So in theory, it should cover more area if I want to try and stop the puck. But there's, uh, as I said, it was, it was in pretty bad shape. So I just took over a couple of days. I sat down, took several hours. I was thinking of making a video uh, about this and putting it on our YouTube page as an instructional feature. But honestly, it mainly would have just consisted of me sitting on a couch sewing. And that's kind of boring. But uh, so basically what I did was first, first thing I did was I went in and I think part of the reason why this blocker failed so rapidly and so catastrophically is because the fabric it's basically a cheap nylon and it was pulled so taut so tightly over the like the foam stuffing inside I think there was absolutely no give so when I went down and scraped it along the ground it just ripped because there was there was no give for it to you know slide or anything so the first thing I did was I went in and I shaved off like the corner of the foam padding inside to loosen it up a little bit. And then I laid duct tape over the seam. I didn't do it all at once because that would have been impractical. I went section by section. I laid black duct tape over the seam. I, I, I 
you know, closed it up as much as I could. I aligned the seam as, as much as I could, laid black duct tape over it, then sewed it up with double strength thread, the heavy duty double strength thread through the duct tape. That the duct tape is key because it adds an extra level of like a, you know, an extra thing for the, the thread to bite into. So it doesn't tear out as easily. So sew it through the duct tape. And then once you've sewed up your section, lay another piece of duct tape over that to protect the thread. So uh, I did, I did all of that. And then <laughs> I, I, part, another part of the reason I didn't do a video on this is because I wasn't sure if it was going to work. <laughs> I'd hoped it would, but it did. And so for the last three weeks or so that I've been using it, it has held up very well. The other reason why I wasn't too keen on this tour glove the first time around was in addition to the ripping was it felt loose on my hand and obviously everyone's hands are of different sizes so your mileage will vary but for me it, it felt a little loose and it wasn't really comfortable to wear it was flopping around a little on my hand so the way I fixed that this time around or the way I compensated for that was to wear a batting glove on my hand and then you know, wear the batting glove inside of the the blocker. So it's still not perfect because with the extra glove and the extra fabric, it it's not, I don't have quite as strong a grip because there's just a bunch of like fabric between my right. fingers and it, it makes it a little more difficult to grip the stick. But as I said, the the blocker is larger than the one I was used to. And, you know, it gives me extra room in theory to stop the puck. So trade-offs and compromises. Okay, right. And also the reason why I was asking if the, uh, the Tor glove and blocker were specifically not ice hockey is that, yes, exactly as you mentioned, that the ice hockey gloves are really expensive because mm -hmm. they're made of real leather. Sure. And, uh, you know, much more heavy duty and so on and so forth. But with the glove the catcher not being made of leather i'd imagine that it should have been designed that it would be much easier to break in so is that the nylon or whatever material that they used you think or that seems odd to me that it would not be able to be broken in you know well, after a few days or so yeah the um the the problem isn't the, the nylon isn't the interior uh, isn't the uh, like the catching part the nylon is what the rest of the glove is made of it's what holds it together Okay. The um, honestly, I'm not sure what exactly the the glove is made of, but it's a harder material. It's not leather, but it's it's uh, I don't know if it's a vinyl or if it's something. It, it's a tougher material. Um, yeah. And the the padding is very stiff. Like it's uh, I don't know. There might be plastic inside of it to make it hold its shape. I haven't opened it up, obviously, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case because it's not at all malleable. And, you know, when I try and bend it, there's there's resistance. So it's just there's something in there that's holding its shape. So it's resistant to being broken in, I think, because it's not like a, a traditional glove. It's not of the same construction that the same techniques don't really work. So it might just be a case of beat it up until it, it, you know, it cracks inside or it, you know, bends or whatever. So I, I might be stuck with this, uh, 
glove that's very difficult to close for a while. Uh, yeah, because uh, all you've done, if anybody can figure it out, it's you. So I'm just curious if any other goalies out there may have gone through this road already or if Gary is helping you figure this out, please let us know and help out my goalie because I'd really much appreciate it. And also just one final question for the differences between street hockey goalie catchers versus uh, ice hockey. Do the pockets, are they a little bit bigger to be able to catch a ball as opposed to a puck or do they kind of design in the same way where it's a little bit more narrow? It's not exactly like a first base mitt that's designed to catch a spherical ball. Yeah, well, every, you know, every glove's going to be different. It's going to be uh, tailored to the individual goalie's tastes. But I don't know if the pockets are necessarily bigger. Certainly not on the, the Tor one I had, which was just a smaller glove overall. The pocket on the Bauer that I'm using now is a little deeper, but there's not a lot of give in terms of the webbing. So it's, yeah, um, it's a larger pocket than what I was using, but it is not a larger pocket probably than an NHL glove. I think it's it's similar. Okay. And uh, I just, I, I, I did think it was kind of funny that I went from using a Tor glove and a Bauer blocker to a Bauer <laughs> glove and a Tor blocker. Yes. Just, you know, it amused me. It tickles me. That is interesting. So, hey, anybody listening from Tor or Bauer, please uh, take some notes there and, and you're getting some honest real life usage out of these things. So, uh, you know, if you want to sponsor us, that'd be nice, too. But either way, uh, if we could help out other goalies out there, uh, hopefully that this will do it. My pants are also Bauer and I believe my pads are CCM. So, uh, you know, if anyone wants to, you know, <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> Have at. I, what is my? I'm trying to remember what my shirt is. My um, I'm I'm. Oh, the I'm, chest protector. I'm patting my chest like you can see. <laughs> yes, my chest protector, my chest guard. I I don't recall. And my my hat, my hat, my hat, the hat I wear that protects me during the game. My mask <laughs> is uh, gee, I don't know what that is either. <laughs> I'm a I'm a great goalie. <laughs> Well, I think well, Bauer definitely has a lot. I, I forgot who Reebok bought out, but um, is Bauer? I think iTech is another company that makes masks. No, it's. Uh, I mean, yes, but uh, I, does it? iTech makes helmets. I guess they make masks, but no, that's not. That's not what I. I can see the box that I got it in. I just can't think of the name of the company, which is really not great when you're looking for sponsorship. <laughs> My mask is. Something. I don't know. <laughs> no, the mask was like a... Mylec, maybe? Or they, they're a little bit lower no, end, right? It, yeah, it's it's not Mylec, but yeah, it is a lower end company. I'm just... Uh, I'm going to look it up. Just stall. Okay. <laughs> Edit it in later. We'll, uh, we'll get rid of this stuff. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. We're, this is a conversation, James. We're... We're conversating. Okay. But yeah, this is kind of out of my realm. I'm used to CCM helmets and, and forward stuff. Uh, Easton, another great company. Uh, obviously, everybody knows my affinity for Titan sticks. I love Titan brand hockey sticks. Franklin. I think it's Franklin. Ah, is my okay, mask. cool. All right. So that's where I am with that. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, my, my stick is, uh, what's my stick over there? It's, Sherwood? Uh, Sherwood, yes, yes. Yeah, you, you, you know my gear better than I do. Yes, my stick <laughs> is Sherwood. Or Herwood, as it says, because the S is taped. 
not not by design. It just worked out no, that way. Yeah, right, right. That that's something else that I appreciated about Titan as well is uh, they they have a great idea, and I I don't know if if that's a great point. If companies really do pay attention to stuff like that, like Warrior, mm-hmm. CCM, and, and Easton, is that when you grip the put the grip tape around the end of the blade, if mm-hmm. you could still see the whole logo. So I always liked that about Titan was at least the way my hand fits on the stick is it's right when the T starts is where I ended wrapping it up. So you see the whole Titan name. So it, yeah, we'll see if uh, Sherwood or other companies should pay attention to that or if they do it on purpose or not. But I wouldn't um, be surprised. That, I mean, the whole point of putting your name on something is to brand it so that when people play with you, they see what kind of gear you're using, especially in the NHL, which, you know, has so many sponsorships. So knowing the habits of how players tape their sticks, it's probably, especially in the HD era, you know, it's a good idea to put your logo somewhere where it's not going to be covered up. There you go. And Gary's just given us a whole bunch of marketing advice too tonight. So great, great stuff, GMAC. Yeah, it just seems like (laughs) logic and common sense to me. Awesome. So speaking of marketing and common sense and, and so on and so forth, there's a, yeah, there's a new robot that's taking a job away from a human being over in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa, right? Not, uh, yes. not Orlando? Because in, in the Disney parks, there are plenty of robots taking jobs away from human beings. So Good point. No, I, just I, want, actually, I just want to clarify where in Florida we're talking about. Yes, it, it, it's funny that you should say Tampa because uh, back in our St. John's days, Gary and I, there was a girl that I knew that was from Tampa Bay, oh, yeah? and she got very angry when I said, oh, Tampa Bay. She said, no, it's Tampa. The, the Tampa <laughs> Bay is the water. I was like, okay, sorry. So that just you just gave me a flashback at that. I'm sorry. That just goes to show you how smooth I am around females. So anyway, next time you're trying to impress a girl that's from Tampa, just refer to it as Tampa, okay? Don't make the same mistake I did. Anyway, um... The Lightning are the first NHL team, so that alludes that there will be more NHL teams hooking up with Satisfy Labs with this technology that basically it's through the Lightning website and through texts and in the arena itself, you can access this information. So what it does is it uses AI or artificial intelligence to answer fans' questions in real time. So it's really helpful in that aspect. So If you're looking to uh, find out about concessions or tickets for future games, merchandise, if you're concerned about lines for restrooms and things like that or and parking areas, that will the Thunderbot will help you out with all that stuff in in immediately. Thunder. And uh, thunder. Yeah. Thunder. Thunderbot. Ho. (laughs) Right. You don't even have to do that. It'll just answer you. (laughs) <laughs> actually the big cats in uh florida hockey are in, in uh that's miami that's right? right good yes that's true uh i think lionel would be a, a panthers fan that just makes sense <laughs> <laughs> snarf snarf so um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's uh, Thunderbot is there for the fans, and it seems to be doing. They've, they've. I think they launched it at the end of the regular season, mm-hmm. so it seems to be in the testing areas right now. But uh, so far, so good. It, it seems to be a success, and looking forward to seeing what the full season will be like. But again, you can access it through the uh, website as well, 
and through texts and stuff like that from your mobile device. So pretty easy and convenient and hopefully will help the experience of going to a hockey game. People are always complaining about tickets and parking and things of that nature. So hopefully this will make it a little bit easier. And they have also coupons and things on there. So if you want to save a few bucks on buying uh, merchandise or, or, or food, they will do that for you. So something to look forward to and, and hopefully uh, it'll be a success and Satisfy Labs is uh, supporting it all and backing it all up. And it seems to be like a good match for everybody. So this is not like a, a team app. This isn't like similar to some of the other things that we've talked about in previous podcasts. This is a strictly fan app. Like, so if you want to go to a, a lightning game and this is going to optimize your experience in theory, right? Yes. As far as my understanding of it, that is absolutely right. It's an in-arena virtual assistant and it's just for answering fans' questions I think they said that in the future it's going to be integrated into Facebook Messenger too as another means of mm -hmm. uh, contact. But the Lightning Vice President has of Marketing of all things, Eric Blankenship, has been quoted as saying that it's much easier and much more convenient for fans to attend games and follow the Lightning in general. So I guess with scores and player information and details of that nature. So. It's really right in the palm of your hand, or uh, if you're at the arena, they have the uh, Thunderbot is in various uh, spots. I guess it's kind of like a kiosk. You can get all this information immediately and access it through your uh, mobile device as well. All right. Cool. Thank you, yeah. James. Good report. You got it. Just trying to follow your lead, sir. Oh, it's, after all that boring goalie stuff, uh, you know, this is at least something that people can wake back up and be like, wait, what? Well, this applies to me. Come on, there's got to be a few aspiring goalies out there. And if you don't appreciate the goalies, maybe you shouldn't be playing hockey. So they're, like if you're playing baseball and you don't appreciate your pitcher, these guys are the most important players on the team, okay? so I want like an asphalt bot for deck hockey. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully if it could control the weather too, like making sure it's in the uh, mid-60s and clear and no rain or anything or snow. I don't know. Well, in terms of, you know, computers that control the weather, that's like you were just out in, in Nevada. So if, if it's going to be anywhere, it's probably going to be out there by Area 51. Yeah, it's true. As a matter of fact, in downtown Las Vegas, the original part of Las Vegas, mm. where they have the, the, the cowboy, the neon cowboy and the mm -hmm. neon cowgirl and back to the future fans. That's the Bifco mm. is the um, that's where Bifco is located, the Golden Nugget and stuff. They uh, a few years ago to make people go back to downtown as opposed to the strip, which more people are familiar with is they put a canopy that basically runs the whole length of uh, Fremont street. I forget what, what the street is called. Mm. And they, I think every night on the hour, they do a light show on that canopy. Hmm. So, uh, but if, if it ever does rain out there, it, it can go through the canopy, but yeah, they, they kind of already, have his beat. At least it provides really nice shade during the day and keeping people out of the, the intense sun. So yeah, you're probably right, man. They, they, they think they're already on to, uh, to manipulating mother nature out there in Las Vegas. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to any of that. I, I got stuck on back to the future. Oh, sorry. Two McFlies with the same gun. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's, <laughs> that's Bifco. Sorry. That's okay. My dad even has the shirt, Bifco, so. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
And speaking of fathers, by the way. Yes. Great segue. Yeah. yeah. See, that's why I need you, my man. You are back, baby. Nah, man. It, it, I'm just following your lead, as a matter of fact. But uh, very, very, because at the recording of this podcast, hopefully, if you hear it by Sunday, it will be Father's Day, June 18th. So very, very, very happy Father's Day to you, American Rhino, to your father, and to my dad, to my brother, and to all of the great dads out there. Thank you all for being such great examples and wonderful men, and God bless you all as well. Thank and you. happy Father's Day. You got it, and man. And happy Father's it. Day to your brother and your father. I appreciate that. They, and I'm sure that they will too. Sunday, 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 the day after Saturday, but before Monday, the day we celebrate our fathers. Be there. Yeah, and hopefully uh, Gary gave you some ideas. If, if you know, uh, if your For dad what? or uh, your husband. Uh, wait, no, no, wait. If, if, if is a deck hockey player, you know, check out some tour blockers and, and Bauer gloves and so on and so forth. So if you don't know what to get them yet, that those are good examples. I, I think I hurt myself listening to that stretch. <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of myself, and I, I know this is <laughs> just before we go, I I made I came to, I think, a very interesting realization about myself when I was watching the f- gold medal game for the, the U S women in the yeah. world ball hockey championships. Thank um, you for bringing that up. Please, please elaborate on that. Okay, sure. I will be happy to. Uh, so I was watching and I guess the, the, the short version is I'm sensitive. Um, and the reason I say that is because like, I've always empathized with people, you know, like uh, I've always, I, I, I don't like watching television where characters act badly to other characters because, you know, I feel that I don't like that. That's not the kind of television or movies I enjoy. I, I, I I empathize with other people's plight, you know, not to say I never enjoy a little bit of schadenfreude in the right situation, but for the most part, I don't derive enjoyment from that. Like those fail videos that are so popular on YouTube where people like slip and look like they concuss themselves. I don't enjoy those. Like I, I don't, whatever. So Amen. when I was watching fast forward to this past week, when I was watching the game and the goalie, I believe I forget the exact situation, but I think the, the gist of it was the U S goalie stick handled, and uh, she she made a, a bad decision uh, playing the puck, and it almost cost them a goal. And I I do that myself. Like I'm not a great stick handler. Uh, if you ask anybody except James, they'll tell you that because James won't say anything bad about my play. But so yeah, I'm not I'm not great stick handler. So seeing the the team, seeing the American team almost suffer from something that I do myself, I like, I actually felt partially responsible, which is kind of silly, but like, I felt like for some reason I made this connection in my head where I do that. And that almost cost the team ergo. I almost cost the team, which is it, you know, it's a silly thing, but that I, I guess I empathize so much that I I share someone else's guilt for something like that, it, you know, for something that I myself do. 
And it was just a very interesting phenomenon when I realized it because I felt very uncomfortable when I saw her do it. And then when I figured out why I felt so uncomfortable, it was like, oh, wow, that's weird. I'm kind of messed up. You're not messed up. It's just uh, you're a sensitive man. And, and you know, but when you were telling the story of how the game winning goal was scored, I was going through the same thing because that, and forgive me for using this term very lightly, by the way, uh, loosely, being a defenseman is that's a nightmare. That's, that's your nightmare. You're, like you said, the defenseman was doing a great job playing the player and mm-hmm. uh, she just kind of did a backhand weak shot, wasn't looking and it was a fluke. So that's the stuff that I'll say this. It it wasn't weak. It was a it was a pretty good backhand. Like it was a pretty hard backhand. It just she threw it at the net. And I was just I was just talking to somebody, John, who uh, has recently joined the LIQ about this a couple weeks ago, how, you know, he he always uh, says, you know, you throw it at the net because you never know what's going to happen. And this is exactly that. She she threw it towards the net to in the hopes of making some kind of play and just a lucky bounce wound up winning them the gold medal. Fair enough. But yeah, if you're going to lose, you want to be beaten by an amazing play or something. Right. Or Okay, fine. You tip your cap. The, the, the player was better than I was and we lost to the best. You can mm-hmm. live with that. But when, yeah, when it's something like that where you see it happening and, and, and there's nothing you could do about it, you feel so helpless. So as you being a goalie and, and myself being a quote-unquote defenseman, when other people go through those and, and you're on the sidelines watching – and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it at all. And then when those memories come in your head and, and you, if you have nightmares about these things, it just exacerbates the whole situation. So, yeah, you're a good guy. You're a sensitive man and a wonderful human being. So you're just and, and emotionally rooting for the team as well, for Team USA. So yeah, I, I was invested. I, I actually I didn't mention this to you. And uh, I. I kind of alluded to it, I think, on Facebook maybe or in the description. I think it was in the description of the, yes. the scrimmage. But when I was watching the um, the semifinal game against Canada and the U.S. women scored the game-winning goal with like 35 seconds left in the game, I actually injured my shoulder <laughs> celebrating that goal. Like uh, for you wrestling fans out there, this is similar to what happened with Sami Zayn when he hurt him he he like tore his shoulder just psyching himself up before the match oh man yeah he he came down he got up on the steps and he was like trying to get the crowd into it and he was throwing his arms up and he wound up dislocating his shoulder holy cow but um yeah so that fortunately it's my glove hand and my glove isn't very good anyway so it wasn't that big of a loss but yeah i yeah uh, but but yes, to, to your point, I was invested. Last minute remaining in the podcast. All right. Thank you, Pops. Okay. So <laughs> that will do. That'll do. That'll do, Pops. That'll do. That will do it for another episode of the Hit the Deck podcast. We thank you once again for joining us. And we are so very happy to have you. I am personally so very happy to have James back. We hope you enjoyed it. We would like to thank you for listening. We'd like to thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast, Anthony Sajazi for music used in the podcast, the LIQ for sound effects used in the podcast. And I would like to personally thank James for coming back. And uh, whether you believe it or not, really, the, the podcast is so much better for your presence. And I appreciate that. 
I would like to encourage you, if you enjoy the podcast, to consider, if you haven't already done so, subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it now, or Stitcher, or uh, if you want to subscribe also to our YouTube page, we would enjoy that as well, because the more listeners and viewers and subscribers we have, the better we can make this podcast going forward. So anything that you feel like doing, we appreciate it. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, we'd appreciate that too. I'd like to encourage you to reach out to us if you would like to get in contact with us. Please, please, please feel free to email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Tweet at us at hitthedeckpod. Contact us on Facebook or Instagram. We are Hit the Deck there. We're Hit the Deck Podcast on YouTube. I'm doing some kind of weird thing with my hands right now that I can't really explain. It's kind of like I'm swimming in the air. I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm an odd duck. Uh, perhaps odd ducks swim in the air. I don't know. Anyway, I have gone completely off the rails, James. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, I, I just I really missed you very much. And, and it's worth the wait. So thank you. Uh, my pleasure. All right. Well, in that case, I will leave you all to your weekend or your week or whenever you happen to be listening to this. And of course, I would like to leave you with this one final thought that this Sunday is Father's Day and hopefully your father raised you right. Or if not, then hopefully you can set a good fatherly or motherly example. And the best examples are set by people who can remember that it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Hey, Big Jimmy. How you doing there, Jimbo? Jimmy the bow. Big Jim Jam Jimbo James. No, how you doing? And if you were wondering, no, I don't know what I'm doing. And yes, there is something wrong with me.